powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Diwali, the Festival of Lights, is a vibrant and colorful celebration that marks the victory of light over darkness and good over evil. We invite you to celebrate Diwali with a drive through two and a half miles of sparkling lights at the Bull Run Festival of Lights in Centerville, Virginia. The Bull Run Festival of Lights is open November 10th through January 7th. Save time and money by purchasing a ticket online at bullrunfestivaloflights.com. That's bullrunfestivaloflights.com. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Takes over, taking over, taking over. Faith together. Let's do it. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith. And faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word has given me life. Shout it out. I am. Hallelujah. Remain standing, if you would, at all of our campuses and flip to John chapter 5, if you would. John chapter 5. You can see we are in the next week of the series, The Gospel, and we're talking about deliverance today. Somebody say deliverance. Deliverance. Say it again like you really mean that thing. Say deliverance. Deliverance. John chapter 5, verse 5. Do you have it? It says, now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. That's a long time to be in the same state. That's a long time to be in the same condition of life. Verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had already been in that condition a long time. Let let, let me just pause for a quick commercial break brought to you on behalf of Jesus Christ. Uh, He does not need to get a news report about what's wrong in your life. He knew it and he knows it. His, his, he, he doesn't need a news report. He just wants to find out what you're going to do about it. Looks at the neighbor and say, what you going to do about it? As, as in, he, he says he had known he had been in that condition a long time, and he said to him, watch this. Jesus asked a simple yes or no question. He says to him, do you want to be made well? He, he didn't ask him, hey, how do you feel about the fact that you've been sitting by the pool for 38 years? He didn't ask him, can you tell me why you're sitting here by the pool? I know maybe life dealt you some bad cards. He doesn't say nothing about that. Jesus asked him a yes or no question. Do you want to be made well? Let let me say it another way that will customize it and make it very pragmatic for you and I. Do you want to finally be free of this? I I, I, I didn't get no agreement right there. Look look at somebody and say, do you want to be free? Of whatever it is that you feel bound by. Okay, so then watch this. When you get asked that question, do not give God a different response than what he's looking for. He did not ask you how you felt about it, why you're there. He doesn't get, none of that's, it's inconsequential. He just says, do you want to be free? That is a yes 
or no question. Now, before I keep preaching, I just need to know who I'm talking to. Am I talking to the yes crowd or the no crowd? But now check out the dense man's response. Verse 7. The sick man answered him, Sir, I don't have nobody to put me in the pool when the water's stirred up. But when I'm coming, it just seems like everybody else just steps down in front of me and I never seem to get ahead. <laughs> uh, uh, hold on, I, I just need to just get some clarity. God asks you and I a yes or no question. And then the man responds, well, listen, sir, you already know you're on the wrong track because that don't sound like yes or no. He says, sir, uh, when I get ready to go down into the pool, Nope, everybody gets in front of me, and I have nobody to put me in the pool. In essence, he was saying this. I don't believe that I have the strength to do it on my own. And nobody else is helping me. So I'm like this because of other people. Not because of my own choice. Father, you hear me, and you always hear me, and over these next few moments, I pray that deliverance would set free everybody under the sound of my voice, whatever campus they're at, I speak the word of deliverance now, that they would be free from whatever it is that's keeping them from being liberated. We thank you that by the time I finish this word today, God, you're going to customize it, tailor make it in such a way that everybody listening is going to think that I've been spying on them this last week. And it's not about me because it's not about man. It is about a holy God speaking through a human to declare a divine and holy gospel. We thank you that we're going to be free before this worship experience is out today. Whatever we walked in here bound with, that's got to go now. Jesus, I just wish I had some now people in the place where whatever's been keeping me bound, it's got to go now. It is in the name of Jesus that we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats at every campus, high five two or three people and say deliverance, 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 deliverance. You can be seated. Oh, watch this. Depending on your background, deliverance can cause varying thoughts to arise. If you come out of certain kinds of churches and certain kinds of uh, denominational expressions, the word deliverance can take on a connotation that perhaps is different than your neighbor. Uh, deliverance could you to mean having to be in church for 10 and 12 hours uh, down at the altar doing what the saints used to call tarrying. Uh, but what I found out is many times though, after people would tarry, they'd get up with the same thing they were supposedly tarrying from. Uh, deliverance, depending on your background, has many different uh, 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 pictures that come into your mind. And so what we're going to do today, since deliverance is a very misunderstood subject, we're going to make it very simple today. Because the neighbor says simple. And all that getting, get an understanding. So now watch this. Last week, Week two, we learned that through the gospel, which is the good news, which is Jesus Christ, which means anytime we say Jesus Christ, that's tantamount to saying the gospel. Anytime I say the gospel, that's tantamount to saying Jesus Christ. Last week, we learned that through the gospel, we were liberated. Okay, now, you, you sitting in here, wherever you're at today, whatever campus you're at, you have been liberated. 
And there have been three things you've been liberated from, we learned last week. They were the world and its influences from sin and from being our own God. See, I, I don't know about you, but I'm glad to know I don't have to be responsible for stuff that God's responsible for. I've been liberated from having to be my own provider. I've been liberated from having to be my own peace. I've been liberated from having to be my own joy. I look to the gospel. I look to Jesus Christ. That is my joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So now I've been liberated from those three things. Say I've been liberated. Now, 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 now watch this. Liberation and deliverance work hand in hand, yet at the same time they are uniquely different from one another. Watch this. While we have been liberated, deliverance is a process. Okay, there go my amens. That's okay. I figured when I say process, that the amens would die out a little bit. That's all right. Just your neighbor say, stay with him, stay with him, stay with him. I'll tell you why you didn't say amen when I said process, because nobody likes the word process, because process means it takes time. And we live in a microwave society, man. We live in a society where you don't even know how to cook. You just need to learn how to push 200 and put two minutes on the microwave. If you can count, you know how to cook. We, we live in a microwave society where everything is quick. Everything happens quick. You don't have money, you can get an instant. Checking the cash alone. It's quick. It, it, you, they don't have to go talk to an underwriter. They don't have to get no appraisal. No, it's just, it's, it's quick. We live in an instant society. And so when I say the word process, all of a sudden in our minds, we begin to say, well, you know, all right. Where are you going with this? Say process. Now, now, process means it takes time. But here's the good thing about the process. If you're faithful to the process, the process will produce results that you cannot garner from an instant thing. Uh, that I, I come up in the South, and in the South, uh, we, 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 we didn't have instant grits. Okay, I guess I'm the only one. Wasn't no instant grits, wasn't no cream of wheat. Wasn't no microwave and no turkey bacon. No, everything took some time. Wasn't no Pillsbury biscuits. No, you had to get up at 4.30 in the morning. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, 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 watch that. Watch that. Uh, Bishop, what are you trying to say? Uh, the stuff that takes longer to make normally, at least in my experience, tastes a lot better. Ain't nothing like some real grits. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. The concept of deliverance in scripture was that believers were liberated by God. They were free. They were liberated from the world, liberated from sin, liberated from being their own God. But there were internal and external circumstances that did not match their liberation. It wasn't that they needed to be liberated. God had already done that. They needed to be delivered. Now, some of you are saying, Bishop, I don't quite understand the difference between the two, so let me be very demonstrative in how I make it clear. Now, watch this. The children of Israel, God's chosen people, free, liberated, but they were slaves for 430 years. Even though they were liberated, they had external circumstances that did not match their liberation. 
you're not hearing what I'm saying. Even though they were free, they still were in a jail because liberation, while I've been liberated, deliverance is the process of my liberation. Are you still here? And so now, let, 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 let me make it real. Let me let me make it real, 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 real for you and I. God's liberated us from sin. Yet there are still issues, if we'll be honest with ourselves, that we find ourselves trying to figure out why in the world do I keep doing that? Maybe this is the honest part of the church. You're liberated from it, yet you're not delivered from it. So it is tantamount to sitting in a prison. There is no lock on the prison door. There is no guard at the prison gate. But yet you're sitting in the prison saying, I wish somebody would get me out of here. That is the difference between liberation and deliverance. So while all of us are liberated, not everybody is delivered. But I'm here to tell you before I finish this word today, if you walked in here bound, you're going to be delivered today. So the question becomes then, Bishop, what are those external and internal circumstances uh, called that, that do not match the liberation we already have? They are called, one word, strongholds. Strongholds. Now you say, Bishop, what, what is a stronghold? Most time uh, in people's mind when they think of strongholds, again, depending on their pedigree and their background, they will look at strongholds as some demon sitting in the corner pulling the strings. Wrong! They'll, they'll look at, at, at a stronghold as an angel on one side and the devil on one side. And, and they always turn their ear over here to hear what the devil. Wrong. That's not a stronghold. That's a fairy tale. What, what's this? A stronghold. What, 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 what makes it a stronghold? It is because it has strength to put you in a position contrary to what God says you are positioned at. Let me give you a very practical example. Uh, 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 you, you, the word says he makes us the head and not the tail. That's liberation. But the process of becoming the head from being the tail is deliverance. And it is a very interesting situation because you can find yourself in serious paradoxical situations because you're trying to reconcile how what the word says matches up to what your experience is. And so the word says you're the head and not the tail, yet you always feel like you're behind. The word says you're above and not beneath, yet you always feel like you're the underdog. You always feel like nothing's working for you. Am I talking to anybody? The word says you're blessed to be a blessing, yet you're trying to figure out how to help yourself. You can't help nobody else until you help yourself. And you're trying to reconcile liberation with deliverance. So now watch this. Those circumstances are called strongholds. So what is a stronghold? A stronghold is an internal or external circumstance, watch this, that impedes your liberation, and all three parts of your humanity. Let me, let me shorten that for those of you that are taking shorthand. A stronghold is something that blocks you from being free in all three areas of your humanity. Now, you said, Bishop, what do you mean three areas of my humanity? I, I am just a person. I am just sitting in my seat listening to the word. What are you talking about? You are a speaking spirit. That's the real you. The real you don't have a suit on. The real you don't have on Mac. The real you don't have on Maybelline or Walgreens stuff. Whatever. But the, the real you is a speaking spirit. Got it? 
That's the real you. The real you cannot be seen. It can only be, watch this, interpreted by your actions. Okay? So, so that's why sometimes people feel like, well, people just don't understand me. Well, maybe it's because your actions are not congruent with. Are you still here? Now watch this. You are a speaking spirit that possesses a soul. What is your soul? It is your mind, your thoughts, your will, and your emotions. You possess a soul, that, and you live in a physical body. Now by my count, that's tres. That's Espanol for three. Harvest Iglesia Espana. <laughs> Your spirit has a soul, lives in a physical body. What's a stronghold? A stronghold is when the world, when sin, or when you being your own God gets a hold of all three parts of your humanity. So, so, so let me give you a very practical example. Uh, uh, matter of fact, Ecclesiastes 4.1 says, Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, but a threefold cord is not easily broken. So here's a stronghold. Here's, here's a stronghold. I'm, I'm just giving you an example. Here's a stronghold. Uh, when you were a child, you were told you were going to be nothing and you were going to be a failure. Okay. Now, that lodges itself in your spirit, the real you. So consequently, it makes you act like what you were told you were. Then it lodges itself in your mind. Got it? So that every time you get ready to do something, you hear the voice that told you. You, you, you weren't going to be nothing. You, you're going to be just like your daddy. You're going to be just like your mama. Consequently, your mind controls your actions. So now because it's lodged in my spirit and got control of my mind, it causes me to act differently. That is called a stronghold. Okay, let me, can I take it another further? So you used to date somebody, and you maybe crossed some lines that were not appropriate for you to cross, and what you did was create a false spiritual marriage. So now, even though you're five people later, the truth is, you're still in the spirit, illegally married to, and so now you can't get them off of your mind. And so you make your current spouse pay for everything that five people ago did because the truth is you're not divorced from the... And now it causes and it changes how you act. Oh, are you getting what a stronghold is? So a stronghold then lodges in your spirit. It plays with your emotions. It will have you believe in things that are not true and it changes how you act. And the scripture says that a stronghold, it's a threefold cord. So the scripture tells us that is not easily broken except through the gospel. Dr. Phil can't break this. Oprah, she gone. But she sure gave some glory to Jesus on that last show. Say what you want to say, but she gave God credit. So, 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 so now watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. There are three categories to the strongholds we all face in life. And I don't care if you're the pastor to the plumber, you will face a stronghold in your life. It will have you doing things that you'll set up and know you have no business doing, and you tell to yourself, why in heaven are you doing this? And yet you cannot articulate to yourself why you're doing it except to know that something is driving you to do it. 
So there are three categories. They uh, are the same categories we learned last week in Liberated. Uh, there are three categories to stronghold. The first is the world and its influences. And we learned last week that the world and its influences refers to the pride of life. Pride is a stronghold. It is a stronghold because most people never break it until it no longer matters. By the time they break their pride, they've, they've, they've ran everybody away. And so now that they don't want to be prideful, nobody wants to be bothered. Can't get nobody to say nothing. So then it's the pride of life. We talked about that last week. And then it was the lust of the eyes. Everything I see, I want to have, even if I don't need, because somehow I have had it lodged in my mind. The world has taught me that he who wins is the one with the most toys. Even if you're financing the toys and they're not really your toys, because if you miss three payments, they're going to take your toys. That's why he's called us to be the owner, the lender, not the borrower. See, the lust of the eyes will have you doing stuff that you have no business doing. It'll have you signing loan papers that, well, the Lord's going to help me. Well, he's helping you before you sign them to know that that's maybe too much to bite off. If you got to fast about something you're signing, then perhaps you ought not sign it. Can't get nobody to say nothing. All right. And then the last thing is the lust of the flesh. We talked about this is the world. Uh, uh, if it feels good, do it. And we learned last week that, uh, and I mentioned this, that uh, the church of Satan, which, which is our Satanists, they, they don't even worship Satan. They worship self. They worship uh, the lust of the flesh. If it feels good, I do it. That's the world. How do you know if you're dealing with a stronghold? Because if it feels good, you do it, regardless of the consequences. Now, here's, here's what some of you are saying. Well, but I don't do nothing that bad. But you have uncontrollable outbursts. And your uncontrollable outbursts, you don't have any regard for the consequence of the... Okay, all right. That's okay. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. Preach, Bishop. I, from sin, that's the second area we face stronghold. Now, here's the deal. This is not designed, and I want to say this, to be uh, 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 judgmental or condemning or anything like that. No, because your neighbor, truth be told, they got some stuff too. So ain't nobody in here judging anybody because everybody drinking the same Kool-Aid. We all wearing the same T-shirt. But now the second area of stronghold is sin. That means we cannot seem to break a habit that we know is detrimental to us. That's a stronghold. That's a stronghold. We know it's killing us, but we do it. We know it's making us angry, but we do it. We already know they're not loyal to us, but we still let them in inner space. And the third thing, the third category of stronghold is, is from being on God. How do you know if you're dealing with a stronghold there? You worry about things that are on God's job description. Bible says he's your provider, yet you're trying to figure out how to provide. You got a stronghold being your own God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now, the word deliverance. So, so we understand there are these three categories of strongholds. And the only way to get out of these strongholds is through what? Deliverance. You've been liberated from them. You have to be delivered out of them. Did you see this? Now, deliverance literally means the process of liberation. The process of liberation. Uh, many times throughout history, we have seen wars uh, that have been fought for people that were already free, yet there was an oppressive regime or oppressive force that was impeding their freedom. And many times the war to free people that were already freed is worse than the initial war to get them their freedom. Listen, what are you trying to say? When Jesus went to the cross, he bought your freedom. 
but now I got to walk deliverance out every day of my life. See, it was easy for me to accept Christ, but now I got to pay some prices. Are you still here? So now watch this. There are, there are three Greek words that demonstrate the three-step process of deliverance. Now, Bishop, why do you give us Greek and Hebrew and all of this? Well, because when you come from Hebrew to English, uh, you lose three words on average between three and four, which means when you read something primarily in your Old Testament, which is written in Hebrew, it may have three to four words for every one word we read in English because of the translation. Now, why do I give us Greek words? Well, because when you go from Greek to English, you lose approximately two to three words every time you translate, which means when I get to English, I'm only reading one out of two to three words that were originally there. Why is that important, Bishop? Well, when you understand, watch this, the English language, you understand that is an amalgamation of different languages put together. It is really what they call a bastardized language because its origin uh, comes from married, uh, various places. Significance of that is understanding when we see the word deliverance, we just think deliverance. Deliverance. Hey, deliverance. But we have no clue that in Greek, they are much more demonstrative with what deliverance means. So if I just look at deliverance from the English, watch this, I'll think it is a one-step occurrence. I'll think it just, boom, happens. But when I get into a place to where I can be taught the word of God, then I realize that deliverance is not a one-step process. It is a three-step process. Are you still here? Now watch this. While liberation comes at salvation... Being delivered from what we've been liberated from is a process. Say it again, process. Now, you saw that in the trailer. The first Greek word, which is the first step of the process, it is exerio. It means I choose. Say I choose. It, it, uh, there are many uh, conflicting uh, teachings and doctrines about the sovereignty of God because many people believe that, well, anything that happens, we have this saying, people say, come on, you know what they say, it happens for a reason. And many times the reason is because of us. Everything happens for a reason. Right, you did that. You know, you get an accident on, on, on the highway, everything happens for a reason. You were going 80. In the 55. That's the reason. Say amen, I'm oppressed. Oh, because I want to get in the Kool-Aid. And I want to mix that red with that purple. Oh, God, I don't know how my marriage is falling apart. You married a stranger. That's why it's happening. Okay. Okay, what's this? Who's the point for? Your deliverance! Oh, deliverance! Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. There are many misunderstandings about the sovereignty of God. And we understand the steps of the righteous are ordered, but what happens when we take a step that wasn't part of the order? The steps of the righteous are ordered, and, and yes, everything that happens to us is like the butterfly effect. God permitted it, so if he permitted it, he uses it. But what happens if, like Joseph, if we'd have just been quiet, we would have been able to skip some steps on the way to the palace? Y'all still here? So now what happens is, is people like to say, well, God's in control. God's in control. 
And here's my question. What is he in control of? He's in control of what he's in control of. But Bishop, what are you trying to say? Because some of you are totally like lost now. Let me tell you what I'm trying to say. Let me tell you what I'm trying to say. Uh, you lock your doors when you go to bed, right? How, how many people, you did not lock your doors? You did not lock them. Okay. All right. Amen. Amen. Father, I pray deliverance for them. <laughs> this is not the country. <laughs> now watch this. If God's in control, why do you lock your doors? Because if he don't want nobody to break in, they won't break in, right? In the parking lot of whatever campus you're at, your car doors are locked, right? How many people, your car doors are not locked? Your car doors are not locked. Amen. Again, deliverance in the name of Jesus. My God, let the Lord lead me a whole nother way. We're going to help y'all to make some good choices. Good choices. Vast majority of folk lock their doors. Now, some people say, well, this is a church house. Ain't no it ain't about who's in here. It's about who's out there driving by who's in here. Okay. So now watch this. Watch this. If God's in control, why don't you lock your car doors? Huh? Why don't you just say the glory of the Lord and camp around my car? The blood of Jesus is covering my car. Tell you why you didn't. Because while that's true, God's also given you wisdom. I can lock these doors. Let me give you one more example. Are you getting the point? Let me give you one more example. Let me give you an example. God's in control. Then why do you exercise? Why don't you just lay hands on yourself and say, Lord, whatever size you want me to be. <laughs> That's the size, oh Lord, mm, Jesus, that I'm going to be. Oh, Jesus. Come on, fellas. That's why we got P90 Bowflex. We got to come on. C -c -c but God's in control, right? Of what he's in control of. Are you getting it? So, Bishop, what is the point? The first step to deliverance is realizing that nothing happens, Albert Einstein says, until something moves. So the first step to deliverance, Exelio, is I choose. Which means I choose to no longer be in this situation or be bound by this foolishness that I'm bound by. Touch your neighbor say, I choose. Now, now, now watch this. While liberation comes from being a believer, deliverance or seeing that liberation in my life is a choice. We looked at it in our text in John chapter 5. Jesus asked the man. He doesn't ask him how he got there. He doesn't ask him who, what his mama did. He doesn't ask him what his father did. He doesn't ask him anything about his background. The only thing he says is, do you want to be made well? Let me translate for your neighbor. Do you want out of this mess? Because truth be told, even if it's a small one, we all got one over here somewhere. Touch your neighbor and say, that's okay. Tell him that's okay. We all got a little small, even if it's a small mesh. You drop some cookies over there, you do something, something over there. Watch this, watch this. Jesus says, do you want to be made well? And yet the man answers with a bunch of excuses. And what I found out is excuses always make sense to the one giving them. But can I make an announcement to you?
You're not the only one that's had to go through some tough situations in life. You're not the only single parent. You're not the only one that's been betrayed. You're not the only one that's made bad financial decisions. You're not the only one that's been lied on. You're not the only one that's been betrayed. You're not the only one that's been talked about. Everybody has been through something that should have killed us and made us lose our mind. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus is asking you today, do you want to be made well? So what I do then is I stop giving him excuses and I just make the choice. You know what keeps us from making the choice sometimes is because we try to figure out the how. You're not responsible for the how. See, that's the stronghold. You want to be God. You just need to be responsible for the choice. So let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Sometimes I'll hear people and they'll come and, Bishop, I'm in a, I'm in a bad relationship. I need to get out of this bad relationship. What do I do? I say, just choose. But I mean, but how am I going to do this? How am I going to pay for that? You worried about too much. Just make the choice. And when you make the choice, grace is going to show up. What is grace? It's the favor of God. It's the anointing of God. Grace is going to show up and it's going to usher you to step two. Step two. After I choose, we find the Greek word apolutrosis. It means I pay. I pay. So after I choose, I got to pay. Now, now, I hear somebody saying, well, Bishop, didn't Jesus pay it all? Mm-hmm. We're not talking about Jesus paying for nothing. We're talking about you paying for something. People get me when they try to be overly spiritual. They don't know what they're talking about. I remember one time I, I said something, somebody said, but didn't Jesus pay it all? I said, what are you talking about? That ain't got nothing to do with what I said. Watch well, well, this. The price of deliverance is self-discipline. I knew it wasn't going to be no runners. Five seconds. Break. Say self-discipline. Now, we don't talk very much about self-discipline in the body of Christ at large today because we just want to put everything on God. Lord, do it. And, and, and God looks back at us and says, I've done it. See, deliverance is not about whether or not he's going to love me. He loves you unconditionally. That's not the issue. Deliverance is about do I want my life to look like what he paid for? See, I watched Passion uh, the other evening, and, and it reminded me of everything he had to go through and everything he had to suffer. So I had to make a decision to myself that I was going to make my life look like the price he paid. Because he paid way too much for you to be sitting around messed up and jacked up. And in the, but he paid way too much. So... After I choose, I pay. Self-discipline. Self-discipline is one of the fruit of the Spirit, part of the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23, flip to Hebrews 12. I want you to see this. I want you to see this. Say self-discipline. Self-discipline is me telling myself what its boundaries are. Self-discipline is saying, this is the boundary here. You can't cross it. Self-discipline says, Lord, I judge myself. So you don't even have to get involved. See, I, I don't know about you, but, but I learned that sometimes when God has to get involved with stuff, it goes way further than I needed for it to go. So anybody have been there? So I just learned, God, help me to help myself. 
I'll need drama. I, I'll need drama. See, some folk are so used to living more impoverished kind of lives that they think that's the way it's got to be. <laughs> no, I don't need all that. No, 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 no. Just, just help me help myself. Now look at Hebrews 12 and 1. Look at this. Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us, watch this, lay aside every weight and the sin. Uh, which, means, which means this, the, the sin was secondary to the weight. Well, what's the weight? The weight is an inability to discipline oneself. Uh, let us then translate it. Let us lay aside everything that keeps us from self-disciplining and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So here's the, what I'm saying to you. He paid his price, so I must pay mine. He paid his price, so I must pay mine. I wish people would stop lying to believers and telling them that when they get saved, everything's going to be easy. It's going to be peaches and cream and tiptoeing through the tulips and all of that because that is not the truth. While your salvation was free, everything thereafter requires a cost. And we don't want to talk about the cost because don't nobody want to pay for nothing. But if you want to live like nobody else lives, you're going to have to pay like nobody else pays. You missed what I just said. The simplicity of it went right over you. If you want to live like nobody else lives, you're going to have to live like nobody else lives. Self-discipline. So sometimes believers will say, I'm believing God for a brand new job. Yet you wake up at 1230 in the afternoon. I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm just saying. By that time, the boss is at lunch. And when he come back from lunch, if anybody in management, when you come back from lunch, you're like, Look, I'm not looking for no new stuff. I'm trying to finish what I started this morning. Hmm. I'm believing God for some godly friends, yet you're mean. Somebody say, how do you? Hey. I ain't getting no amens here. I'm believing God for some godly friends, but you're two-faced. And the reason God can't send no friends is because he doesn't know which one of you he's sending them to. I'm believing God to fix my marriage, but you don't even like your spouse. I'm believing God for godly children, yet you leave discipline up to everybody else but yourself. Did you get them? No. Did you get them? <laughs> you ever been in a store and wanted to help discipline somebody else's child for them? You ever want to take your butt off to give it to somebody? Okay. But now, 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 we do not endorse anything that is against local, state, and federal laws. But the book says you'll save them from hell. Say self-discipline. Self-discipline. Self uh, we, we are getting ready for uh, uh, harvest football season, which is a big deal around here. Uh, uh, my team is the running champion two years in a row. Amen. Glory to Jesus. And, and so, <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm looking forward to a challenge this year. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. <laughs> 
I'm just saying, I'm just saying, 45 to 7. I'm just saying, I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm joking, guys. It's going to be awesome. But watch this. I, I'm, 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 I'm getting in my training mode, so I've, I've altered my diet. And, you know, I'm, I'm P90 in and I'm biking and I'm this and I'm that and I'm juicing and I'm doing all of this because, you know, you, want, you can't just come out there and play and say, Lord, whatever you want to have happen, have happen. I mean, it went out there and broke something, something fell off, not, you know, whatever. But that requires self-discipline. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What is self-discipline? Self-discipline is realizing when I cross a boundary, I have to pull myself back into that boundary. Bishop, how do I do that? How do I do that? Because that's tough. I'll tell you how you do it. You do it the way you got ushered there. You do it with grace. You do it with grace because so many times we struggle with self-discipline. And here's the real reason why. Because sometimes we set unachievable goals. And then we get angry with ourselves when we don't meet those goals. So you haven't worked out in two years and yet you're saying, Lord, help me to work out cardio two hours a day. Y'all ain't saying nothing, but you know I'm telling the truth. After about that first 15 minutes, you're saying, all right, it's time for a break. When I'm biking, I know I only have a certain amount of miles I can go, and then my body is saying, mm-mm. Okay, how much I pray and lay hands, how much Crisco I take down, but you know, not know whatever. I don't care. At a certain point. So watch this. What you have to do to help self-discipline is you set realistic, achievable goals. Why, Bishop? So when you meet that goal, it's going to build your faith. And now you're going to be able to set a greater goal. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So if you got $45,000 worth of debt, don't say to yourself, Lord, I'm just believing you to be out by next week. He can do it. I'm just saying, don't set yourself up to fail. Now, I'm here to tell you, he can work miracles. But that's him working miracles. When I set a goal, I'm doing what I know is achievable. Because a lot of the times we'll call that faith, but it's really foolishness. And then we get angry at ourselves, and then we go through, you know, you know the cycle we go through. We get angry and we're like, oh, I can't believe I didn't do this. Oh, man, you know, just, oh, man. And then it's time to pray, Lord, I just, I don't know, Lord, just, just bless me. Amen. You go through this whole cycle of guilt that you created. Say amen. Say it again. So I choose, but then I got to pay. I got to pay. What are you willing to do to see yourself delivered? What, what are you willing to do? Because it's not free. What are you willing to do? What, what are you willing to pay? Je- Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. What price are you willing to pay? Because the price you're willing to pay leads you into number three, which is the final step. It is the Greek word, aphesis, which means I send away. I send away. So you got it? I choose, I pay, I send away. That's on my new album that's coming out. <laughs> Little Bishop and the Kingdom Millionaires. Uh, that's <laughs> I got a grill and everything. I'm telling you, it's just. Could you imagine? Okay, all right. 
and it's V's on all of the teeth. The V. Watch this. <laughs> Deliverance requires letting go of some nouns. What do you mean nouns, Bishop? Nouns are people, places, things, and ideas. Deliverance requires, literally, the word means I send away. And I love it because in the Greek it means sending away, a release, a letting go. There are so many things that we're holding on to that we must release because they are contrary to where we want to be. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So there are some people I got to let go of. That's the price I got to pay. There's some folk you got to say, you, you, you know what? Uh, no, I, no, we, no, no, we can't walk together. Why can't we walk together? We're not going the same direction. That's why we can't walk together. Bishop, what do I let go? I let go of evil stuff. What does evil mean? Contrary to. So what I let go? Anything that's contrary to the direction I'm headed, it's got to go. Because the place I've got to get is far more valuable than the place I currently occupy. And I refuse to let a noun stand in the way. There's some people you got to let go of. And you just got to do that. You got to send them away. Maya Angelou, uh, she, she, uh, she, wonderful woman of wisdom, she has a saying. She says, uh, when people show you who they are, believe them. I finally, I've been saying that for years, but just in the last couple of weeks, I finally got what that meant. Here's what we do. A person clearly shows you who they are and what they're about. That's called a red flag friend, well, otherwise, whatever. Now, here's what happens. You had them little makeup times where they apologize and then, and then everybody cry or whatever, or, you know, if it's, you know, I'm cool, man, whatever, you know, whatever you do. And then all of a sudden, you get amnesia and you forget what caused the breach in the first place. Now, here's what somebody says, but Bishop, I thought forgiving meant forgetting. Mm. He forgives and forget. I forgive and remember. Not the pain, but the lesson. So, Bishop, what are you trying to say? So, you see who they are. There's a breach. The breach occurs. You know who you're dealing with now. So, now you let them back into sacred space that they've proven to you they cannot handle. Everybody can't be your Peter, James, and John. And you let them into that space, and watch what happens. When you let them into that space, all of a sudden, the real them comes out again. Because you can only play a character in a movie for so long. So when the real them comes out, now it occurs in an intimate space. And you're sitting there acting surprised. But God is saying, you knew what you were dealing with back here. Now you're, oh, I'm hurting. Oh, I'm struggling. Oh, this is tough. But you knew what you were dealing with. What are you saying, Bishop? I shouldn't deal with folks. No, I'm just saying, just know what you're dealing with. If you know you're dealing with a liar, then you ain't got to be mean to him. Just say, hey, how you doing? God bless you. God is good. You like them shoes. You got to be Man, it's raining outside. Is it? Okay, but you're a liar, so I probably need to go put some shorts on. I'm just saying, do you know what you're dealing with? I wish saints would stop getting surprised when they figure out what they were dealing with. And now you messed up, don't want to pray, don't want to come to church because of something somebody did. 
but you knew what they were. I don't treat you bad. I just know what you are. If you can't be trusted, that's okay. I just know what you are. I just ain't telling you nothing. You just don't say nothing to me. I know. Okay, I see I got to move on. Places. There's places we got to let go of. Well, you know, around this time of year, everybody, you know, we just going over them. You know, I mean, you know, Auntie so and so, they crazy, but you know, we just go over there because it's you know, it's family, and every time I get around, I get stressed out, and things blow up, and I. But you just know how you know it's family, huh? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. If you want to walk in deliverance, there's some places you're gonna have to say, "I love you," but I'm gonna love you from over here. Because if that place represents depression and stress and anxiety, I cannot put myself in a place that I already know what it does to me. People, places, things. There's some things we got to let go of. There's some things you're holding on to that are keeping you from being delivered. What do you mean, Bishop? You're still playing our song. Huh? You got it on your iPod. You know it's song number 14. And when 13's on, you know 14's coming, yet you don't skip it. That's what are you trying to say? Because you're holding on to a thing that's keeping you from being delivered. The last one, though, of a noun is probably the most, the most interesting because it's ideas. Ideas can sometimes be the greatest detriment to us because ideas can allow us to live in a place that is not real. It's called stinking thinking. Ideas will have you stuck in a place of thought that is not what God's ordained for you to be thinking. And so an idea will come in your mind and you'll get ready. You get ready to take a step of faith. And an idea will come in your mind. A thought will come in your mind and say, well, you know, remember, remember what happened last time. But this ain't last time. This isn't then. And I refuse to make this that. I got I to gotta choose, then I got to pay. Then there's some stuff I just got to send away. I got to send away. Yeah, and, and, and I don't have to fall out with people. I just got to sometimes send them out of my space. I got to send them out. I got to send them out of a place that they can't handle. I got to send some, some, some places out of my life and say, you are standing in the way of me being delivered. So you got to go. Some things I just got to say, you got to go. Some ideas and bad things I just got to say, you got to go. Because here's where I got to get. Here's where I got to get. Bishop, how do I know that I've been delivered? Can, can, can I take you down memory lane for 15 seconds? And I'm through. You know you've been delivered. Whether you knew the process or not, there's stuff God's already delivered you from. Bishop, what are you talking about? Because some of the stuff some of you are facing right now, had this been five years ago, you would have responded in a whole different way. But you know you've been delivered because what used to make you want to cuss somebody out is making you pray and bless God. What used to make you want to run away from God is making you run toward God. There's some stuff you go, I wish some delivered folk that didn't mind letting somebody know what summed on their feet and shot. I've been delivered. There's some stuff you've already been delivered from.
So how do you know you've been delivered? You know you've been delivered when you look liberated. When I refuse to let myself worry, I know I've been delivered. Huh? When I refuse to let a habit have me, I know I've been delivered. Huh? When I refuse to let the world tell me what I ought to be doing and what my life ought to be like. When I refuse, watch this, to have to get co-signers for what God says. Because sometimes God is going to say some things that you ain't going to get no co-signers on. Ain't nobody going to understand it. Ain't nobody going to agree with it. But you're going to have to learn to walk by your... Everybody stand. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the word today. The gospel. Deliverance. We have been liberated. But we must go through the process of deliverance. And I pray under the sound of my voice, whatever campus people are hearing me at, that they leave this place with an understanding of three very simple principles. I choose. I pay. And then I send away. That's deliverance. It's not, it's not some... Some long, drawn-out series of prayers. No, 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 no. And that's good. But, but, but deliverance is me choosing and then God giving me the grace to discipline myself and the grace to send some stuff away. Because when we make mistakes, and we will make them, we need to know that grace is right there to usher us right back to the place God's ordained. I don't care what you've done or how the enemy wants to make you feel. You have been liberated. And some of the process you're in right now is the process of deliverance. You're, you're coming out of some bad thinking. You're coming out of some, some bad friendships. You're coming out of some bad ideologies. You're coming out of some generational curses. You're, you're coming out of some stuff. And we thank you for it now. With everybody's heads bowed and their eyes closed, Bishop, why do you have us to do that? Because in this moment, people are getting ready to make decisions for Jesus. And you don't want to be the reason that they feel intimidated or they feel distracted not to make that decision in this moment. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you don't have a relationship with him, you're not following him, today is your day. I'm here to tell you God's not mad at you. He's not angry with you. He's not trying to beat you down. He's not trying to, no, none of that. He is standing with open arms waiting on you. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. 
When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.